Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Sans Pants Radio, Australia's most cowardly podcast network. Hello and welcome to Scaredy Boys, a podcast where three cowardly friends discuss horror movies. I'm Damien. I'm Sean. And I'm Tom. And for this bonus episode, we are once again going to share some scaredy stories. So, uh, Tommy, I believe you're going to start us off with some a spooky tale from your childhood. Is that right? Yeah, look... I I understand where you came from last time, Sean. Uh, once you open the rock and all the spiders <laughs> crawl out, you can't put them back under the rock. <laughs> so, just like thinking, because you know, I'm I'm blessed, boys. Yeah. I'm blessed in that I have never had anything terrifying really happen to me. You know, I've yeah. had I've had dumb recurring dreams of Ewan McGregor trying to murder my whole family, but that sure. that's not a ghost. That's just a that's my that's my that's me. I did that. That's my <laughs> yeah. brain. That's from watching too much Attack of the Clones <laughs> and Big Fish. So that's what that is. Yeah. <laughs> but I've got a lot of people who I know who have told me, like, you know, you're sitting around a campfire and you're like, I've got a really creepy story. And I just remembered one which I think ticks a bunch of boxes uh, for us as scaredy boys, and mm. hopefully for people listening, in that it is a scary story that has like a little layer of if if this was if this was a, a scary moment in my life, I'd I'd be terrified, mm-hmm. but I would come to be okay with it. That's the that's the hook I'm gonna throw out there for oh, you. Okay, that's a tasty little morsel. All right. Yeah, so it's not it's not a story that happened to me. It's a story that happened to someone that uh, I went to school with. Uh, this is this yep. is primary school. So this is a story that was told to me when I was in grade six. Um, oh, I can't believe you still remember it. Oh, it's a, you, you'll know why. <laughs> it's memorable. It's, sure. It's yeah. a deep cut. Okay. So grade six was the last time you pissed your pants? Uh, no. <laughs> fuck no. Uh, Every day. <laughs> when, did, when, did we watch, um, when did we watch Ghost Stories? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> when was The Strangers? Was that- <laughs> I thought I smelled a urine in the air that day. Oh, that, yeah. the Dara time. That was a collective team splash. <laughs> oh, have, I, have, yeah. I ever, have I told you boys that uh, my girlfriend hasn't seen The Strangers and wants to, so I might have to do it for a second oh, time. No. Oh, Tom. Tom, you don't have to do that to yourself, mate. No, I know, I know. I, I, it's bad. It might be better. It might be better on a second go. No, it won't. No, because you remember how shit the ending is, and the tension will be released a little bit. Sure. And then someone will ask his tab of the home, and you'll piss your pants again. And I'll <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. correct. Oh. There we go. There we go. Nah, it's my good. Yeah. So this is a story told to me. Uh, so this kid, um, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. I think it's like it was Duncan, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's so he's family from Ireland, and this is a story that happened to him when he was growing up in Ireland. Oh, uh, that's already scary. <laughs> I, love the, I love that you're scared of Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it feels scarier than Australia. Yeah, it does. Uh, I don't know. We could go out to that stretch of highway with all those, you know, yeah. with uh, Bongo. One day. One day. <laughs> uh, so he lived yeah in an old house in Ireland, and it was one of those like a big, old like. Uh, What's the big black stones? What are they called? Those um, limestone, sandstone, I don't know what the yeah. grey stone, blue stone, whatever. Yep. Big like blue stone, mm. old house in Ireland, very drafty. Yep. Um, and for years, like, you know, 
the area that he lived in was always like, oh, a few of these old houses are haunted. That was just like in the town. That was just like a given. That's just standard. Yeah, and okay. Yeah, yep. you know, just, just the kind of thing oh. like, you know, you'll be in bed or you'll be like doing something and you'll hear footsteps across the floor above you. You're the only person home. Oh. Keys jangling indoors that don't exist. Windows, that, like just little sounds and things mm. like that. So they're living in this house and he was terrified of it because... You know, it's... It's haunted. Yeah, you're moving into this neighbourhood where people are like, some of these houses are haunted. This one is old and creepy as fuck. Yeah. Um, oh. And he was at an age where I think he just moved out. I think in the previous house they were living in, him and his brothers like shared a room, mm-hmm. but this house was big enough they could all have their own room. So he's lost the safety net of having yeah. a familiar person yes. in the room. Yes, I went through that because I'm a, I'm a twin, and so John and I shared a room for ages. Yeah. And... When I finally got my room, you're like, oh, this is going to be tops. I get all this space to myself. Like, we even had bunk beds. So, like, you don't have to worry about someone either above or beneath you. And then the first, like, month or more is creepy. It's like, I'm not used to this. I've literally, like, I grew in a womb with this dude and then we've shared a bedroom ever since. Now, all of a sudden, I'm an outcast all of my own. It is. It's proper creepy. <laughs> That's why you got married, Damo. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted someone to share my bed. <laughs> <laughs> your 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 house actually has bunk beds. <laughs> yeah, Holly and I. Yeah, Holly has yeah. bunk beds. Exactly yeah. right. <laughs> Top bunk for this boy. Don't worry about that. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, so he moves into this house, and they're talking about like it's haunted. Anyway, one night he's in bed, and he just so it's little things to start with. So again, hearing like footsteps on the floor above when everyone's asleep. Oh. Doors opening and closing. Every now and again, like banging on walls, like oh. weird things like that. Uh, a guy whistling. Oh. So the sounds of someone whistling. Um, uh, seeing like uh, outlines of things in like reflections of like glass and then turning oh around and nothing there. You're, like, you're ticking off the list of like five different horror movies in one oh. location. <laughs> it's really bad. Anyway, one night he wakes up convinced that there's something in his bedroom. Uh. And he looks across and in the corner of the bedroom is a, is like an armchair and it just looks like a woman is sitting in the armchair oh. doing like a cross stitch. No. No. Right? D- he, he he like calls out, she doesn't respond, just this outline of this woman and it looks like she's cross-stitching. He pulls the, you know, the blanket over the head, you know, what, opens his eyes, she's gone. Talks to his parents, you know, can I say, you know, and like, no, nah, it's, it's fine, Duncan. Uh, Duncan, I'm pretty sure it was Duncan. Might have been Declan. Anyway, so he's 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 convinced that he's seen this thing now. So now he's, he's super mm. alert. He's like sitting traps, <laughs> convinced, going to bed with a curling stick. Um, nice. Curling? Hurling. Hurling. Hurling? Hurling. Yeah. The, the yeah, long yeah, ones. Yeah. yeah. Going to bed with one of them, um, terrified that he'd see this again. Anyway, then a few nights later, he hears voices in the kitchen when he's asleep, like an like a, a, a muted argument between a man and a woman. Okay. And he assumes, oh, it's my mum and dad having a fight. So he gets up, goes out to the kitchen, no one in the kitchen. Kitchen's, as soon as he gets to the threshold, of the, as he gets close to the threshold, mm. the argument stops. He walks in, there's no one in there. The way the house worked, I'm pretty sure for his parents to get out of the kitchen, they had to would have had to walk past him. In the corridor. <sighs> Over the next few nights, he starts hearing more muted arguments in different parts of the house between this man and this woman. So not only do you have ghosts, you've got angry ghosts. Like, they're not even happy with each other. Yeah, yeah so they, this basically it's a fighting ghost couple. Oh and, and every night, so he starts, like, sleeping in his brother's room to like because he's scared, mm. but then they can't, they, they don't hear it, so they send him into his room again. And then one of the other brothers is home from, like, school early one night and hears it, and they're like, oh, oh my God. So it's like... It's building so more and more people in the family hear it. The parents, I don't think, ever heard it. I think the kids just heard it. Oh, yeah. Um, but it was always loudest, occasionally really loud, in his room. His room was like a room that was always like spooky. So the other brothers, 
would only hear it if they were sleeping in his bed okay. with him because he was scared type situation. Anyway, one night, the argument, the ghost argument gets absurdly loud, like screaming. Oh, and it's not from in the kitchen. It is happening in oh, his room. No. You can hear these two voices. Oh, no. And he knows he knows there's no one in there. He knows, So he's doing that whole thing of like keeping his like face pressed away from the argument, which is happening behind him. Screaming, 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 like terrifying. And it's like... She's angry at him for whatever reason. And then the argument stops and he hears a woman's voice say, you're scaring the boy. And then there's the sound of like footsteps and he hears this like inches from his ear. Ah, get the fuck out of here. We're sorry. Oh, shit. No. Good night. Never heard them again. Oh, Oh, Tom. It's disgusting. I hate it. I'd set the house on fire <laughs> and run away. Oh, fuck. He, he then like, so after that, he then was like, you know, I've got to try to see if we can see them again. Want to see the no. woman in the room again. Never saw anything again. Never heard any footsteps or banging or arguing. The other brothers reported they never heard anything. Um, I think they moved like a year later. But yeah, from after that last big argument where one of them then said, you're scaring the boy. Mm. And then they said, good night. We're sorry. Didn't hear anything again. How old was he, Tom? At the time. Yeah. I try to think when he when he came out to, like under ten, yeah, yeah, probably under ten, so probably like seven or eight. See, the scariest part of that is that it just suddenly stopped, and then when you think about it, what's even worse is that this guy is probably like nearly thirty now. What if one night he just hears that again, oh. like they're they're back? That that would drive you insane your whole life. Mm. I would get I would go to a hypnotist and, and forget it. And try and get it out of my life. To this day, the only Fuck. thing that I'm okay with with this haunting story is that it, mm. the ghosts are considerate. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of courteous, aren't they? Oh, sorry, the fact dear that, chap. Yeah, like the fact that it, like, finally, finally, and the woman specifically said, stop it, you're scaring the boy. Nah, but they're cheeky. He didn't have to come up in his ear. Oh. Also, ignoring the fact they've been scaring him for months at this point. Yeah. Have some self-awareness, you piece of shit, ghosts. <laughs> well, that's my question. Did, did they know? Did they realise that there was other people living in the house? He always had a theory as well that they weren't even talking about him. Like, he oh. had the, this theory oh. for ages yeah, that it was okay. their kid. Oh, oh. They're fighting oh, in the I kids' room. Worse. You're scaring the boy. Good night, you know, say good night oh. to him. And then that was like, you know, but they, they never heard it again. And again, I don't know whether, like, is it true? Uh, is it not? I don't know. I don't, but it is burned into my memory, that story. I don't feel good about this. Well, you got us off to a, a crack and start there, mate. Yeah, I, I take it back. I take back when I said, <laughs> oh, you know, this is something that I'd be okay yeah. with on a scale of hauntings. If, well, if I had to be um, haunted, I'd take this one where they leave after they realise they've inconvenienced mm, me. That's true. That's it all the time we have, boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's all the scary talk we've got for today, I reckon. Oh. I found myself getting colder the more you were talking. Like I was like, I'm freezing yeah. on the yeah. inside. I'm dead. I'm dead already. <laughs> Who's ready for some more then, hey? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. I hate this. <laughs> Damo, can I ask you, yeah, on right. a scale... like uh, In comparison to the previous Scaredy Stories episode... Mm. Are these scarier? We've got some good ones. What are we in for? We've got some good oh, ones. God. Um, Fuck it yeah, up. look, there's there's some crackers in this lot. So. Is there any yeah, any okay. like the, in my opinion, and I don't know what, how you boys feel, but the scariest mm. one we heard was the Blue Mountains farm one where there was that presence, mm. that 
that deep sea diver fucking fear thing ch- yeah. that yeah, yeah, yeah. chilled me to the core. Yeah. I'll be honest, I still think about that. Yep. Yeah. If I'm walking past like a particularly large patch of, I don't know, outdoor area, mm. I, I tell you what, my shark detectors are on. Well, <laughs> and I'll tell you, it's annoying to me because that story reminded me a lot of the farm, like my home where I grew yeah, up. Yeah. And so now if I'm thinking back to my home, suddenly my happy memories get invaded by that <laughs> fucked story. <laughs> <sighs> so yeah, not, not a fan. Not a fan. Let's see what else we could ruin for you today. Go for it, Damo. All right. So this first story comes from Darius, who lives in the UK. So to start us off, Darius wants to give us a bit of context. And first is that this story takes place back in 2018. And second is that this was a very stressful year for Darius and his wife. They were looking to buy a house, and not only that, but they were doing so while his wife was seven months pregnant. Oof. So they've both been working hard. She's a midwife, he is an automotive engineer, and they decided, well, now is as good as time as any, might as well jump into the house market. Except that this would prove not to be true. And that's because quite unexpectedly, Darius got called away for work to help with some issues for a new factory being set up in South China. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a fair... Yep, that's a distance. I've looked at a map. <laughs> yeah, well done, good. <laughs> So he says this trip didn't get off to a good start. He got stranded in the Hong Kong airport for about 16 hours. His ferry got cancelled. And what was thought to be a five-day job ended up getting stretched out to three weeks. All of which meant that his heavily pregnant wife had to house hunt alone and that his nights were mostly spent touring houses over Skype because of the time difference. But they ended up finding one in their price range and in the area they were hoping for. And while it was a little more run down than hoped for, Darius's builder father-in-law told him that it was a sound investment. So, with Darius on the other side of the world, his wife brought them home. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Right? Sorry, it's a horror film. The, the, it's already the, a yeah, premise of a film. The minute you heard, oh, we're, we're, we're sort of in a stressful situation. We've just got to buy a house. Oh, it's a little more run down than we thought. That's because murders happened in it. <laughs> don't buy a run down house. Nah. Go, ghosts get ghosts right. don't go brand new. When have you seen a haunted house in like a, you know, Art Deco style apartment on the 48th floor of a building? Yeah. Yeah. It's like fucking Jurassic Park. The dinosaur can't see you when you stand still. That's a new house. (laughs) So Darius returned home a week later and discovered that the house was in worse shape than he thought. Oh. Then to add to that, his wife told him that it had actually been on the market for some time Mm. after the previous owner had died. Oh, Mm. fuck it up. Darius, mate. Should have stayed in China. (laughs) (laughs) But it was fixable, and so Darius took some weeks, uh, a couple of weeks' leave, and with the help of his friends and family, made the house livable. Then six days after they down-tooled, their son was born. Oh, wow. Congrats. Yeah. Big congratulations. Well done, Darius and his wife. That's a stressful time, and I'm glad, I'm glad that that part of it worked out. <laughs> yeah. That part was nice. Yeah. I'm reluctant to say that about probably the next part. <laughs> well, so now we fast forward five months. Uh, And Darius had been back to China twice in that time to continue work on the factory. And because of this, their son was now watched over by several cuddly panda toys. Now, Darius tells us that both he and his wife have a couple of brain quirks, as he puts them. So his wife has an eidetic memory, and he has never had a dream that wasn't lucid, ever. Jesus. Holy shit. These people have, like, minor superpowers. (laughs) I know, right? It's it's pretty cool. That's phenomenal. Yeah. So, well, one night, the video baby monitor wakes them both up. And he looks over his wife's shoulder at the screen... And there on that little screen is their son, sat up in his cot, his night vision green eyes looking to the left. His wife kind of sighs, gets up to go to see to him and put him back to sleep. So Darius stays in bed, watching the monitor, and the nursery is in the room next to there, so he expects to see his wife appear on the screen. Ah, no. Except she doesn't. No, no, no. no. He keeps watching, waiting for her to show up, but it's just his son still watching something off screen, staring at something opposite to the door of the nursery. 
And then Darius realises that he can't move at all. He can't shout or turn his head. All he can do is keep watching the monitor. I want to cry. His son moves, though. Just his head as he tracks something moving across the room until he's looking just to the right of the camera. Then the screen crackles, the light dies, and it's over. Darius's wife re-enters their bedroom to find him sweating bullets, scrambling off the bed in his haste to check on them. So he whispers to her what anyone would, which is like, what the fuck just happened? And she's a bit confused, tells him to calm down, and explains that all that happened was that one of the pandas had fallen off the shelf, dragging the camera down with it. So Darius goes in to check on his son, who's fine, sleeping peacefully after a cuddle with mum. Except Darius is still spooked. So the next day he recalls what he saw to his wife, except she explains that, no, what woke her up in the first place was the falling camera, the twin thuds of it and the panda coming through the microphone, and that all she saw on the screen was a close-up of the camera. No, no, no. Darius, knowing his wife has perfect recall, assumes the obvious. He's simply had his first proper nightmare in 28 years. Except for two things. One is that from that point on, any image of a ghost, no matter how cute and kid-like, now makes his son burst into tears. It doesn't matter if it's on the TV or in a book, their son loses it whenever he sees any kind of image that resembles a ghost. Mm. He still does, even now, just after his second birthday. And the second thing is that after that night, their son wanted nothing to do with that panda that fell over. When before it had been adored by him, now it was shunned, to the point that his very first crawl was to move away from it. (laughs) So Darius says he did the only thing a sensible parent with a haunted bear could do, which is that he gave it to his neighbour's Rottweiler, who promptly ripped it to bits. Yes, Darius. You can't burn the forest, feed it to a dog. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Okay. Yeah. Shit. I mean, the the logical part of my brain is like... Mm. Kid sees a ghost, kid is scared. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, not ghost in the bedroom, just like a ghost on TV in a movie. Kids are scared of ghosts, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. That's not unreasonable. Yeah, but, but, but when you're that young, you're not scared of, like, you don't know that, like, like. Actually, no, Tom, I'm an idiot. You're right. You're not scared of a ghost when you're a kid because you don't know what a ghost is yet. No. And what you would do is you'd be, like, yeah, I don't know. Nah, this, this stinks. This stinks. Something's going on here, and I don't like it. Does it is it because it looks like a panda? Well, he had, but he had multiple pandas, but it was just that one he became oh. scared of. All right, yeah, no, something's very yeah. cooked here. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, thanks, Darius, for that uh, spooky story. Uh, I hate it. I hate that so much. <laughs> the fact that the fact that he's like, it's just, you know, maybe it's just that, you know, and maybe the logical explanation is he just had his first ever nightmare, mm. and it happened to be a night terror, but for someone who's only ever been able to lucid dream... Mm. Like, it's just, there's a lot to unpack and I hate... Do they still live there? <laughs> yeah, I believe so. He did say, but I think so. But I think the part I hate most is, and if, whether it was a part of a dream or not, but the, the feeling of being paralysed and watching this screen and only being able to watch and to, to not even be able to like... Even if there's like the coward in me is like, oh, well, I can close my eyes and look away. But he couldn't even do that. All he could do was keep watching the screen until whatever happened, happened. Can I just say, I've, I've picked a bad time to do this episode. I've just moved house. This is <laughs> fucked. <laughs> yeah. And you're already, you're already worried that it's haunted. Well, I, boys, last night there was some banging and I went and looked and then got scared and went back to bed. <laughs> did you find this, Tom, did you find the source of the banging? No. Oh, no, this Ooh. is no good. Oh, that's not good at all. I thought it was the cats, but it was further down. 
It might be the car park. If that picture frame behind you starts moving, I'm going to shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, our next story comes from Augusto, who lives in Costa Rica. Uh, uh, so he starts by saying he loves the podcast, which is great. And he also loves how scared we are, which you're welcome, I guess. I'm, I'm glad our fear can bring you joy. Nah, fuck you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's rude. I think it's meant in a nice way. <laughs> So, Augusto was a registered nurse and he used to work in one of the oldest hospitals nah. in the country. Sorry, I'm going st- to stop oh, you there. there. Go. I'll stop you there. I already hate <laughs> it. I already fucking hate it with my, all my heart. <laughs> oh, no. Tom. No. What are we doing? What? what are we doing? Is it too late to put Paddington 2 on? Let's get out of here. <laughs> Sean, <laughs> it's never too late to put Paddington 2 on. Yeah. So, he said he would usually work the third shift, which is from 10 at night until 6 in the morning. And he says that encounters was not an uncommon thing there. Uh, This could include things moving on their own, security cameras showing people appearing and disappearing from shot to shot, these sorts of things. He says that you get used to it and that these entities were just doing their own thing and that if they left them alone, that in return, they didn't bother them too much. Which I don't know if I could get used to that. Didn't bother them too much. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, right? Too much. I, I prefer um, the, the the entities were fine in that we never ever saw them ever and they <laughs> right. left us alone completely. Why can't you ever just have a ghost that's like, oh, you, you put your coffee cup too close to the edge and it just moved it in a bit? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah let me nudge that forward for you, bro. Yeah. You put your keys in a really dumb spot and then you find them in your jacket yeah. later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck. Let's give us some helpful ghosts. Oh, man. But I also wonder if him being a nurse is sort of like giving him some some experience in just things being kind of a grotesque and just dealing with it. Maybe. I've got to say this. You could not pay me enough money to work the night shift in the oldest hospital in a oh, country. Yeah, I wouldn't even go in there. If I was sick and they said we're no. taking you to the hospital, I'd say just kill me. <laughs> I don't want to go there. Yeah. Yeah. So this is you got a treatable disease. Yep, good. Bury me. <laughs> Bury me. <laughs> it's a high ankle sprain. Yep, cut them yeah. both off. Just be safe. <laughs> so he says they didn't bother them too much, but that there were two notable outliers. Oh, mm. A nun and a nurse. Wait, was that a nun and a nurse? Yeah. As in... It was. Are you fucking wait, kidding no, me? No, as in, like, ghost, a ghost nun? Okay, fuck. I'll just go with it. So he says that the, the nurse always wore this, like, old uniform, like, discontinued, and that she was most often seen visiting old patients who had poor prognosis. But the nun was different. She was less involved with death and actually more involved with birth. Augusto says that they would obviously have many women giving birth at their hospital and that for many of them, they would end up exhausted and hungry, as you would expect, except the hospital kitchens would close at 10pm, so any woman that gave birth in the early morning and would want something to eat would be left wanting. Except, of course, when the nun would visit them. So not one staff member ever saw the nun, but all heard stories from these women who told them about the old nun with tea and cookies who'd visited them after they'd given birth and were really hungry. I have a full body goosebump. <laughs> <laughs> like, my, my whole body is prickling. Yeah, so these women would say that they would eat together and then that the nun would leave taking the plates and cups with her. And so she never visited any other patients or any of the staff, but would always provide a snack when these women needed it. Look, we just said we wanted helpful ghosts. I, Pierre, uh, I feel like we got one. Uh, I think I was wrong. <laughs> so the staff never saw her, but multiple patients did. Right. And to the point that there's no reason they should all have the same story. That is fucked. Yeah, you can't have that shared delusion of specificity, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Like if it was if it was a couple of people who were in the same room together, it said it once. But if you're having like multiple people giving births across the time that you work there and they're all telling you it's it's that terrifying thing where like you know lots of people experience it it's like oh you know they could have seen something different but then there's that like one or two specific details mm. that just suck mm. could just be an old woman who's like living somewhere in the old hospital <laughs> that's worse <laughs> that is- that's worse that's somehow worse that is somehow worse that is somehow so yeah. much worse the idea of people I, like you've heard stories i'm sure you guys have heard these sorts of stories before where like someone's in a house and like Food goes missing or things oh, keep yeah. getting moved around and then they open a crawl space and there's some dude living in there. To me, that is so much yeah, more that's, creepy, that's, I think. Yeah, nah. Have you guys heard that one about the um, girl who was living in, a, in America and used to complain that she could see eyes watching her oh. from the vents? Oh, fuck. And they were like, oh. no, you're just a child. You're making it up. She said there was a monster living in the vents and they went up and there was nothing in there. And then like the year she graduated high school, Oh my God. Uh, she was doing something and like packing up, packing stuff up, I think. And a bug fell out of, a maggot fell out of the vent onto stuff she was packing. She's like, what the fuck? And there was like maggots all in the vent. So they got an exterminator out and they went up. And uh, there had been a guy who's been living in the vents who died. Oh, so God. fucked. Yeah. And they like, they found like food and water and he'd been going out, mm. but he was sleeping in the vents and spying on them. Tom, is that the same one? I've, I read one where like, they could keep hearing someone in the house, but any time they'd come down, there'd be no one there or whatever. And it was like someone had been living yeah, in the vents. Food, f- that, that, you know, there'd yeah. be food missing or He'd come down, open the fridge, grab some food, go back up into the vent. Yeah. That's fucked. Yeah. I hate that so much. Um, and when they'd search, he'd, he'd leave. Like he'd go somewhere yeah. else and they wouldn't be able to find him. And yeah, they they found like collections of drawings. He'd done all these charcoal drawings of the of the kids. It's oh, so fucked. Her, like her, and, and from like 10 to like... No, 18. No good. Just bad. That's, just bad. It's like triggering bad. my revulsion. Like, you know, like, oh man, yep. that is nauseating. So if I had to choose between ghost nun who gives tea and biscuits and old lady who hides yeah, out no, in the hospital right. giving tea and biscuits, <laughs> ghost nun can't poison me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. So for this next one, we're going to head back to the UK. And this comes from Jamie who lives in Nottingham. Or more specifically, it comes courtesy of an ex-boyfriend of his. Okay. So the house this ex-boyfriend used to live in was really old. Jamie thinks early 1900s. And in that time, it had been a council house and so it had been lived in by plenty of people over the years. And as you boys might expect, given the point of this podcast, there were always odd things happening with this house. So I'm just going to quickly run through three of them. I don't have a specific story, but I've got three different things that happened with this house. So for the first, we need to know that Jamie's ex and his siblings didn't only just live at that house, they would also visit their dad's house. And on several occasions, when they were away at their dad's, the neighbours would complain that the kids were being too loud, they were constantly running up and down the stairs. But, of course, the house was empty, or at least it should have been. Mm -hmm. So the next thing is that Jamie's ex also has this very strong and vivid memory of being visited by an old woman, and that when he described what she would look like to his mum... She told him he was describing his grandmother, who had died before he was born. Ugh, yeah. Why? Grandki- Look, grandparents, I get it. I get it. You want to see your grandkids that you never got to meet? No. <laughs> you got to cut that cord, granny. It's not appropriate. Oh, fuck. So, anyway, and the final thing involves an imaginary friend. Uh, okay. Mm. Mm. So, Jamie's ex used to have this friend whose name was Hugo. Oh, Hugo's such a cooked name. It's not great, is it? I know this. I don't know. I, I, maybe because it's just a slightly older name, but 
Yeah. It's the Simpsons, it's the Simpsons. Yeah, for sure. Oh, it is the Simpsons. Bart's yeah. evil lived, twin. He lived in the vents. Although Bart's the evil Vents twin. again. Vents, yeah. Hugo. Oh, oh, crap, we've, we've come full circle. Pigeon rat, you know? <laughs> so, uh, Jamie's ex says that he could only ever play with Hugo in the garden because as Hugo told him, he didn't want to come in the house. Jamie's ex said that Hugo also wore strange clothes, which now as an adult he would describe as looking like they came from the 1940s, and that he spoke in a funny voice. (laughs) Jamie's ex's mum would also sometimes watch Jamie's ex play in the garden from the window of the house, and she said that whenever he played with Hugo, she would see a shadow sitting next to him. Fucking hell. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. I hate that. As soon as it gets corroborated by a second party... That's it. As soon as that happens... Yeah. Oh, fuck. This continued, Hugo being his imaginary friend until Jamie's ex was nine, which is obviously far longer than most imaginary friends last. And then the final thing you need to know about this house is that the garden backed onto a cemetery. Oh, great. Wonderful. Yeah. That's so fucked. I would never live there. (laughs) I would never, ever live there. And I'm so sad for people who don't have a choice. Yeah. That is just fucked. Imagine living there. The UK, it's just like it's got too much history. I think, like, you can't you can't turn oh, a corner without fuck. finding a cemetery full of fucking ghosts. I think also like like they they just fucked them up real bad. Like all those poor kids that were starved. Yeah. Like there's a lot of vengeful Victorian era people yes. lurking yeah, around yeah. the UK. The entire city, like the, the, their capital city. Mm. Burnt down, and they built over the top of it. That's cursed oh, as right. fuck. Right, you've literally built on the corpse of the old city. In the uh, in the town I grew up in, um, I would visit the cemetery there, and there was a house, sort of on the next property over, and it was the only house in the area. But then, as hmm. as the years went by, the cemetery, I guess, was expanding, so they they probably kept buying land off this person. Right. So it's just this, you know, these graves just moving closer and closer to this house every oh. year. I haven't been back there for years now. I wonder if the house is finally gone. <laughs> yeah. Because how, like, at what point do you just go, nah, they're in, yeah. like, I look out the window and they're on my doorstep. I tell you what else I hate about that is that the symbolism of, like, the dead growing larger than the living and taking over. Yeah. Oh. Well, even just, like, as you grow older, the graves are just getting closer to your door. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> fuck. Okay. Yeah, they're coming to get you. Well, yeah. knock, that's knock. me, done. That's go. what I'll be thinking about tonight. One of us. One. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I go out there, I'm going to drive past the cemetery and see what the, yeah, please do the yeah, house situation's like. Please. I'll see what's there. Imagine if Imagine if you drive past. All right, I want to... Sean, I'm going to paint you a picture oh, with my words. I don't like your pictures, Tom. You're driving in the car. You see, to your surprise, <laughs> that, so that there's a lot of gravestones now, but the house is still there. Mm. Like, that's incredible. And as you get closer, you realize that the the tombstones are actually like abutting against almost the house itself. Oh. Like, they are surrounding it. And as you, as you just, just at the last, as you drive past before you continue on your way, you give it one last look. And there is a man soundlessly screaming in the window. It's fucked Tom. Tom, you're a piece of shit. Why? I don't know why you did that to me. <laughs> <laughs> he bloody, he bloody uh, loves it too. Look at him. Hey, you're the one who wants to go to the bloody Pilbara. Well, you know, we've got to be brave, mate. We've got to be brave. We really don't. <laughs> we really fucking don't. The show's not called Brave <laughs> yeah, Boys. No, but maybe one day we graduate and we celebrate by... Getting murdered on the pillager. <laughs> yeah, great. Short. how long did it take you to graduate high school? Like, how long does it take? Seven years? Yeah, it's about that, I reckon. Yeah, okay. Well, well, you know, we'll see. So, mate. on the seventh anniversary of our first episode, that's when we're allowed to do it. <laughs> oh, lock it in. Oh, shit. No, 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 no. I take it back, I take it back, I take it back. <laughs> uh, that's the assumption that none of us have been got by another ghost. <laughs> oh, there is, yeah. Uh, pretty, pretty bold claim there. Grim. Yeah. Um, just on the, living next to a cemetery, I would hate it. For so many reasons, mm. they're obvious. But also, like, 
you you would get a lot of like punk kids who think it's funny to go there after dark. And imagine living next to that and you got to put up with that bullshit. Yeah. You don't know if it's a 10-year-old kid fucking around or if it's a ghost. Right. I would hate it. Yeah, yeah. Some little arsehole or some very old arsehole. Either way, some arsehole's keeping you awake. <laughs> those those punk kids are out there kicking over the tombstones in their britches and 1940s-style <laughs> hats that I guess are the fashion again now. I imagine it'd be cheap rent on that house, right? You would hope so. Fuck me. I wouldn't I wouldn't be choosing to live next to a cemetery. I can see why people would, though. I mean, you know, we, we've all been in a scenario where we're trying to buy a house and we're in China and our <laughs> partner decides to buy a house next right. to a cemetery. Yeah. I've combined yeah, two yeah, stories. It's a real fixer-upper. <laughs> Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. <laughs> okay, well, our next story comes from Kyle, uh, who used to work as a video technician, but unfortunately, thanks to COVID, all the work in that industry is dried up. Uh, fucking sucks. Yeah, that does suck. But one good thing is that he said that listening to Skeddy Boys and some other podcasts has been a welcome respite in this time. And so he wanted to thank us for that, which is very lovely. Uh, and part of his thank you is this story. Which <laughs> uh, this doesn't mm, this doesn't feel like a thank you, Kyle. This feels like a fuck you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, boy, get ready for this one. Oh no! Don't 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 you dare! I, I actually already hate boy, it. Get ready for this. I one. hate it because it's a truck driver related thing, and that can't yeah, be no, good. It right? actually comes from his work before he was a truck driver when he was a projectionist. Oh no! Mm. No, all both bad. If I had to list, if I had to list jobs that are like you hear about. And in, in the context of, I'm going to tell you a spooky story, mm. jobs that you don't want to hear someone does. Doctor or nurse. Sure. Truck driver. Yeah. Uh, night watchman. Any kind of oh. guard, police, yeah. land person. And then projectionist is one as well. Because mm. cinemas are haunted as fuck. Yeah, big yeah. time. Big yeah. time. I, I feel like it's because of the there's just too much emotion happening at the cinema. And it, it just sort of seeps into mm. the place. There's that great um, Joe Hill story about a ghost that goes to the movies all the time. Yes, I've read that one, yeah. It was very good. That's unrelated. <laughs> well, Kyle's story comes from yeah when he was working projectionist at the Thoroughbred 20 Cinema in Franklin, Tennessee. And so Kyle tells us that the cinema was relatively new. It was built in 2005. Um, and he tells us this to point out that no deaths have taken place within the cinema. We can rule that out. So my theory that your modern houses keep out ghosts might about to be undone <laughs> in the same oh, episode that I announced shit. it. 
Well, it's not always about the building, sometimes about the land it's on. So he tells us that Franklin was the site of one of the costliest battles during the Civil War. So there's every chance the land itself may be haunted, which Kyle says could possibly help to explain the existence of the Top Hat Man. Oh, fuck. I just got a fingernail up my spine. I hate it. Yeah. Fuck. I hate it when they've got a name. I don't know why it's worse, but yeah. it's so worse. You could you could pass diamonds through my sphincter right now. <laughs> oh, fuck. So... One of the smaller theatres at the cinema uh, is used almost primarily for movies that are near the end of their run, so they typically have a smaller audience, sometimes an audience of just one person. So, independently of one another, a number of people in this situation, attending a movie in this particular theatre by themselves, have reported seeing a man in a top hat sitting in the front row. Now, the reason they've all reported is because they've all had a similar story to tell, and it would go like this. Halfway through the film, they would hear something behind them see nothing and then when they turned back they would see the top hat man was standing pointing at them oh get the fuck out he would then scream and start running up the stairs towards this is fucked only to then disappear through the wall did they get their money back (laughs) (laughs) fuck imagine 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 going to the cinema Right, you, you, you've, you've had a few drinks or you've, you've had a smoke of something and you're sitting there going, I'm going to watch this fucking horror movie. That happens and you come out and you're like, I want to see that again. Those special effects were unreal. <laughs> 4D. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Fuck, that's scary enough that he just like, there's a, there's a noise and then you see a top hat man, but he's pointing and then he screams and then he runs at them. This is, yeah. bull- this is just, yeah. this is fuck. And again, multiple sources. Multiple yeah. sources. Was it just in that one, that, that smaller cinema? Correct. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what you got to do? You just got to see a movie when it first comes out. Okay. <laughs> I'm really glad you didn't say burn it down, Ben Cards, because I <laughs> no, really no, was I, amped I respect, ready for it. I respect for the silver screen. I would never burn it down. I know you do, bro. I know you <laughs> do. Oh, I, you, I bloody would. I'd burn it down <laughs> so quick. <laughs> We've all seen Inglorious Bastards too. That that thing would fucking yeah, blow yeah. up. Go up, go up. No worries. <laughs> oh, so what? So it's sitting. The the top hat man sitting in the front row. They yeah. hear a noise. Yeah. Turn around and then he's standing. Yeah. So when they look back, <sighs> now he's standing up. Imagine, imagine going to like you like you know what? I'm going to treat myself to a second watch of Paddington, and that's the that's the experience you have. Oh, I'd be so pissed if you want to watch it later in the run. I'd be so pissed if Top Hat Man ruined Paddington. I'd fucking kill him. That's the perfect movie, though. As we've said, it's obviously the perfect chaser film. Yep. So you're like, oh, right, I'll just settle back and get calm. Right. Down again. He starts screaming and running at you, and you go, "Excuse me, Top Hat Man, can you just step aside? I'm trying to look after my bear brother here." <laughs> yeah. Sean, you know what you do. You give him. You give him a particular look that is. Uh, you give him a fucking hard stare. You give him a hard stare. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he goes, uh, "Oh, oh, sorry." Doffs his hat and sits back down. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie, was like, "That was fantastic." Five stars. Yeah. And then screams yeah. and runs. <laughs> <out>. <laughs> um, I like I, again. Imagine, imagine watching like a, a like a. Imagine going to see, for example, the Woman in Black oh, at the end of its run in a fucking. Oh, I always thought the cinema was safe. Damo, can I clarify? <laughs> Has Kyle seen this or is it just reports from people where he worked? So, no, yeah. So, Kyle goes on to say that he's he himself has never never had the opportunity to see the Top Hut Man. <laughs> the opportunity. <laughs> the opportunity. The that's how, those, those are his words. Uh, so, he can't confirm his existence, but he, he did say he had the feeling being watched whenever he was in that cinema. Uh, but there is an incident that did happen to Kyle. Fuck. So, we're not, uh, we're not done yet. Oh, uh, uh, fucker. No. So, his incident takes place in the upstairs projectionist hallway. But first, Kyle says that every projectionist has a story of something unusual happening to them there. One of them said that as they looked through the window 
to check on the film, they smelled perfume and then felt a hand run alongside the side of their face and the back of their neck and felt instantly colder. Oh, no. But when they turned, there was, of course, no one there. No. Another one said that once as she walked down the centre hallway, she heard footsteps behind her. She turned to see who it was, but likewise... No one was there, so she started walking again and the footsteps would also continue. She would stop, they would stop, and no one would be there. So this whole process repeated one more time, except this time whoever was walking behind them must have gotten tired of waiting because after she stopped she heard a loud, exasperated sigh and then the footsteps continue on their path around her and down the hallway. That's fucked. That's, yeah. Imagine having an angry ghost that's like, can you just get the fuck out of my way? Man. I can't help it, you're invisible. <laughs> right. Also, don't walk so close to me, you little asshole. That's just fucked. Uh, and we're not even oh. done yet. Oh, yeah, this isn't even Kyle's fucking story. No, we've still got one, and this is one that, that multiple projectionists reported, which was seeing small children running through the halls, giggling and looking out from behind why? the projectors why? as they were playing hide and seek. Why have they got to giggle? Yeah, look, shoot those kids. The worst, he says, that this didn't start until after the day they found an ornate wooden children's chair sitting behind one of the screens with some candy boxes around it. What the fuck? And Kyle says that because it was a newer building, a lot of the staff had worked there from the beginning, so none really knew how the chair had gotten there. But in the end, they just cleaned up the candy boxes and one of the managers took the chair home with her. Oh, idiot. Which feels like a huge mistake to me. She's dead now. (laughs) That's... The candy boy got her. <laughs> oh, oh, don't give him a name. It's worse than Little Timmy have... Lollies. Oh, shit. With Cody Chocolates. <laughs> oh, Cody Chocolates. Popcorn Pete. Oh. As if you'd take that chair yeah, home. Dumb. As that's dumb. shit. As, even if you didn't believe in ghosts, right. I just, I still wouldn't. I just wouldn't This take is when home. I would be like, Carney would suggest burning it. And I'd be like, great idea, Carney. Yes, that's definitely what no, we no, should no, be no, doing. No, 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 no. You don't burn the chair. You leave it there. Oh. Why? Well, no, no, Tom, you're right. You don't want to upset the balance. No, oh, you leave shit. it there. And then maybe once once a week, you put some candy, new candy wrappers, you know, full mm. candy bars on the chair. See what happens. If they disappear, you know that the relationship is every now and again, give the chair some candy uh, yeah. and no one gets hurt. That chair is forbidden fruit. It wants someone to take yeah. it. It's a temptation. Oh. Must have been a pretty sweet chair. <laughs> Must have been pretty great. It would, it would want to be the oh, it would want to be the best chair in the world for the cost that it would be. Yeah. Imagine if the chair looked different to everyone who who looked at it. Oh, oh that that's creepy. I don't like. Yeah, mm. no, sorry. Don't mean mm. to add to Kyle's fucking nightmares. <laughs> our nightmares. Sorry. <laughs> provided by Kyle. Kyle sounds braver than us. So yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Kyle, this thank you is bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's continue on. That. So Kyle says uh, there's another. Wait, what? <laughs> So there's another incident which predates his own, which we have yet to get to. But it predates his own by about a week or two, which is uh, they're going going in the supply closet to get a replacement projector bulb because the one in a certain theatre had burned out, as it often did. And can you boys guess what theatre that was? Yep. Yeah, little one. Let me guess. Top Hat Theatre. Top Hat Man's, correct. So they turned the handle of the supply closet and opened the door a bit, but then it slammed shut on them before they could enter. And then the door would not budge, even though the door handle was still pressed down. And after about five minutes, it just creaked open and the handle slowly returned to the closed position. And then when they went in, they found it was noticeably hotter. So they just grabbed the bulb and continued on about their business because by this point, they're used to their haunted cinema. Ah, fuck that. And so now we get to Kyle's actual story. And he says that all that had come before had primed him for what was happening next. So it was around 3 a.m. and he was closing up. And before he was going around and turning off all the projectors, he says the only other people in the building were the night manager, the last few customers who were making their way out, and himself. 
So he reached the final hallway of projectors and entered it. And as he did so, he heard a whistling. He says it was a long, low note, followed by a quick, high turn at the end, like someone calling for a dog. Then, at the far end of the hallway, behind the last projector on the run, he saw a shadowy figure. Now, he notes here that most of the lights were off, so anyone would look shadowy in that setting. And because of this, he didn't really actually pay them any mind, thinking it was just the night manager working on something, and so he continued going about his job. So as he was turning off the line of projectors, the whistling continued, and the person, whoever they were, didn't move, until he arrived at the second-to-last projector. And then they walked towards the projector window that looked out into the auditorium. He heard the whistling again. As Carl moved to the final projector, he said to his manager, still thinking it was his manager, Hey Iggy, what did you... But then he stopped, because there was no one there. So Carl just chalked it up to him, just seeing things. It was dark. They were, there were long shadows around and it was 3am in the morning. So he turned everything off and turned to leave, which is when he heard an angry whisper delivered right into his ear say, no. Get out. No. Oh. No. Oh. No. So he legged it out of there, taking the stairs three at a time. And they went down into the lobby where he did find Iggy, the night manager, who'd been waiting for him for about the past 20 minutes. Now, Kyle says he was probably just tired and it could have easily been his sleep-deprived brain making this stuff up. But he can still hear the whistle and the whisper and occasionally when he works on that particular projector by that particular theatre, he still saw fleeting glimpses of a shadowy figure standing arms crossed in the corner. No. Did he quit? I hope he quit. Kyle? I hope he quit straight away. So now he's a truck driver. You fucking... Good, well, yeah, I was going to say, the, the blessing here, mate, that you're unable to do the job that you were doing is that you you no longer have to work in the most cursed cinema in America. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, drive that truck as far away from that cinema as you can. Yeah. Like, Just don't look back. Top Hat Man is clearly enough. Like, you don't need more than that. You've got Top yeah. Hat Man. But this cinema's packing themselves full of ghosts. Burn it down. <laughs> <laughs> drive, drive the truck into the cinema, Carney. Where's your, where's your love of the silver screen, mate? Where's your respect? Nah, it's, it's gone. Ghosts have killed it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucked. I'm sick of ghosts coming up into people's ear. And, yeah, and speaking. Yeah, have some respect. Yeah. Social distance, please. <laughs> yeah, please. But I, that whole, it, I can't even talk. So many of yeah. those stories, the hairs on the back of my neck were like mm. perpendicular to my fucking body. Yeah. Yeah, and the one about that one, the same thing as the the Blue Mountain story you mentioned earlier, is that there's so many layers to it. There's so many occurrences, and so it's not even just like, oh, there's this one thing you can sort of disregard easily. And it's not it's not just Kyle has on one occasion when right. he's tired yep. seen something. Yep. It's fucking everybody who works there, <laughs> yeah. and it's become to to the point where they're all just. They accept they it. it. They're like, right. all right. You're like, that's showbiz, baby. Yeah. <laughs> but also the punters. The fact that there are people going to the cinema who are like, there is a top hat man in the cinema. Right. Like, he screamed and pointed at me. Right. He really ruined my movie going experience. Uh, like, what do you What do you do when a customer complains about a ghost? Like, how do you make that okay? Like, how do you make that okay? That should not be part of your job. It'll just be a re- it'll be a refund. <laughs> just a, yeah, straight away. And a free popcorn. <laughs> free, free small popcorn. Yeah. Let's not go crazy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, can I just say, boys? Do you know what's breaking my heart right now? All this yeah. talk of popcorn makes me want to go to the cinema and I can't. <laughs> yeah, it's been rough, hasn't it? I, I would, boys. I have I'm missing the cinema so much. Yeah. I would go into the little theatre and I would cop Top Hat yeah. Man just so I could watch a movie and eat some popcorn. Right. Tom, I know you're just trying to illustrate how much you miss cinema, but you would not do that, <laughs> mate. Come on. <laughs> 
None of us would. Yeah, no. You're what right. if, if you're the right. three of us were in there holding hands? I, and like, you know, it's coming. So maybe it's just like, oh, that must be the midpoint of the film. Top Hat Man did his whole shtick. I guess we've got the second half of the film to go. Like, If you knew it's coming, then you know that key to that whole thing is that you'll hear a noise behind you. Yeah. So oh, Carney, until that happens, yeah. you'll be shitting yourself the whole movie because you're waiting mm. for that to Once happen. Once it did happen, yeah. you're like, do I turn around or do I keep looking forward? Yeah, is, is the turning around the trigger? Because yeah. if you don't turn around... If you don't turn around, maybe he doesn't... Maybe he doesn't turn around. But then maybe you just get more noises. You get worse noises. You get... The, Actually... The, Sounds of people you know or something awful like that. Was Top Hat Man sitting in the movie the whole time? Like they saw a man in a top hat watching the film with them. They hear a noise and then he gets up. That's so like the, when they get yeah. in there, Top Hat Man's already just sitting down watching the film. That's my read of it. Yeah. Yeah. I hate that. I hate that so much. Yeah. Yeah. What happens if you go and sit next to him? Oh, brave. Sean. What if we befriend Top Hat Man? No one wants to sit angry? in the front row though. That's the yeah, worst no, seat like, in the house. Mate, Imagine if you did, though. Imagine the respect Top Hat Man would have for you. Does he just want to share some popcorn with you? Maybe he does. He can't run at you if you're literally sitting right next to him. Where's he got to go? You're a step away. No, true. Well, but he can grab you. <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay. Maybe, he's, maybe he's so angry because he's stuck in the front row. Maybe, hey, mate, sit in the back row. Right, right up here. Sit with, sit with the scaredy boys back here. We'll have a great time. Oh. All right. Well, we've got one more story if you can, if you guys can handle oh, a final one. Yeah, I don't need okay. to sleep tonight, boys. No worries. <laughs> Let's fucking go. So this one comes from Becca in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, which she says is the home of the East Atlanta Tall Boys, the world's greatest footy team, which I thought you two would appreciate. Yes. Becca Mountain. This is Becca Mountain. It's Becca it Mountain. Becca we were Mountain. talking about Becca in How Good's Footy just the other yeah. week. She's jumped podcasts. So she gives a very hearty and lovely thanks to us for our great podcast, which is lovely. Uh, and she even stated that it makes living in isolation feel less isolated, which is incredibly nice. Uh, and she also follows it up by saying that every episode reaffirms her strong conviction to never watch horror films. Good work, <laughs> Becca. Good work. Smart. Don't be dumb. Like us, don't don't make a podcast committed <laughs> to doing the thing you don't like doing. <laughs> so after our first scary stories episode, our friend and hers, Joel Dusha, reminded her that she had a story for us that she should share. So she did. Hang on, so Dusha has talked her up to this. That's my understanding. Yeah, I'm going to go fight him. <laughs> okay, how dare he? What a dog. Ban him from the show. <laughs> okay. He's, I don't know if we've got... He's too dangerous. Yeah, I'm not going to say. I don't know if we can do that without him just just sort of forcing his way on anyway. <laughs> so Becca's story takes place five years ago in Scotland, which is where Becca's younger sister, Jamie, was studying at the time. So Jamie was terribly homesick, and so Becca and their other sister, Alicia, flew over there for her birthday. Becca says it was a great trip. They saw and did all sorts of Scottish things, and it was lovely. Uh, especially Edinburgh, which was gorgeous and old and kind of spooky in and of itself. But while they, they were there, the three sisters had the bright idea to go on a ghost tour entitled Scotland's Most Haunted Underground Experience. Oh, no. Yeah. It's in the name. Yeah. It's right there. Just plenty of better experiences. Scotland's <laughs> above ground good time tours. Yeah, there's like there's like a pub on every corner. Just do anything else. <laughs> go to Topshop. I don't fucking know. Just do something else. <laughs> Now, the important part there to me, apart from the obviously the whole most haunted title, is the fact that it takes place underground. Yeah. And so Becca says that this is more specifically in the Edinburgh vaults. So the Edinburgh vaults are a series of connected chambers between the 19 arches of the South Bridge, a road bridge that was completed way back in the 1700s. And these vaults were once home to taverns and workshops for tradesmen and storage for merchants and the shops that were built on the bridge above. And Becca tells us that back in the day, Edinburgh was also nicknamed Old Reeky, thanks in part to the fact that it stank to high heaven due to the (laughs) ridiculous amounts of effluence and waste, both human and animal, caused by the city's booming population. Hmm. 
She goes on to say it was a medieval city, which meant it had defences surrounding it, a high wall corsetting the ever-expanding urban wasteland, all of which meant that future buildings couldn't build out, they could only build up or down, which is how the vaults came to be. Becker says that over time, shit got shadier down in the vaults. Their condition deteriorated due to the encroaching damp and the air quality was just awful. As the more reputable businesses moved elsewhere, the vaults became a warren of less savoury activity. The city's homeless population moved in, illegal gambling dens, whiskey distilleries, and the lowest class brothels took over the vaults. And rumour has it that the darkest corner of the vaults were used for an even more nefarious purpose, storing corpses that have been exhumed by back alley resurrectionists. Oh, I love that. Love yeah. a bit of that. That's definitely a place I want to go and history. want to History, guys. You've got to love a bit so of history. Rich. Oh, it's in a book. You don't need to go in there. Fuck. So, by most accounts, people lived, or at least the next best thing to living, down in these vaults until the mid to late 1860s. And excavations in the 1980s found things like toys, medicine bottles, clay pipes, buttons, horseshoes, and more down there. All evidence of this bustling community. But that wasn't all, because they also found evidence of devil-worshipping cults, witches' covens, and human sacrifices. Ugh. Nah. Why would you go down there? Why would you do it? (laughs) You're asking the wrong boys, my Becca, friend. Becca, <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, I know this wasn't your idea. I know this another mountain sister put this in your head. It's got bloody Jamie Mountain written all over it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so all this backstory was given to Becca and her sisters by their tour guide, James, who Becca says did a pretty fantastic job of spooking them and the other couple who was with them on the tour, uh, a nice pair of Icelanders who just didn't really say all that much. However, Becca says that as they went through the vaults, she wasn't overly spooked, nor did she feel any of the presences they were sort of being primed to sense. They were heading down one of the connecting passengers between the vaults, and they were nearly finished with the tour when Jamie and she stuck their noses into another vault. The Icelanders had just moved past them, and Alicia and James were further ahead. So Jamie and Becca moved to exit the vault, which was when Becca felt the distinct sensation of fingers on her ponytail. Something threaded through her hair and then grabbed and yanked, Uh. hard enough to pull her backwards. Mm. Jamie sees this, sees Becca's head disappear out of her peripheral vision back into the vault. So Becca cries out, what the fuck, and then spins around, her hand moving to her hair, but she sees nothing and now feels nothing. That's fucked. That's nuts. But more importantly, she also sees nothing on the walls or the low ceiling that could have caught at her hair. So James and Alicia jog back to see what was up, and Becca tells James what had happened, with Jamie confirming she had seen Becca be yanked by something. Hang on, James says, moving his flashlight to get a better look at her. But you're a brunette. No. Becca nods at him, her hand still rubbing at her head as Alicia wraps an arm around her. James, she says, looks almost annoyed, somewhere between puzzled and pissed off. He only likes blondes, though. Oh, Oh, no. no, fuck. No. Part of me wants to believe that this is a bullshit setup that they've done to her. Although she checked, this, she checked. How did they do it? Yeah. How did they fucking do it? Yeah. This is bullshit. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. So her much. sister saw her get yanked backwards. Uh, why? So at that, Becca says her stomach dropped, causing like a swooping sensation, like she'd been going down the stairs and missed a step. Uh, Who does? She asks. Not sure she wanted the answer. Mr. Boots, James tells her. Mr. Fucking Boots. Fuck, what a name. Again, awful. Uh, I know. I hate it. Don't name them. There is no good name for a ghost. They all just creep me the fuck out. So James continues. He tells her that that's one of the ghosts. He says he's a right bastard, but he didn't think would have any problems because he likes blondes best and you've all got darker hair. 
Becca says that her hands were properly shaking now. She shrugged off Alicia's arm so she could pull her hair out of its tail, combing her fingers through it to find a section at the front that had about three to four inches of root growth before the dark brown turned a bright golden blonde. Fucking hell. A blonde streak she'd bleached a few months back that she assures us James would have had no way of seeing before then as she'd been wearing a knit cap that covered all of her hair for most of the tour and had only taken it off after he'd begun walking in front of them. Hide it, hide it. And as she sectioned her hair, Becca realised that her scalp was most tender right beneath the bit of blood. Oh, you cheeky fucking ghost. I hate this. I hate it so much. Shite, James says, his face white in the artificial light. Sorry about that. Let's get you out of here. (sighs) So they do. Alicia and Jamie flank her as they quickly exit the vault and climb up the rickety wooden stairway. Except about two steps from the exit, a sharp slap cracks across Becca's bottom. (laughs) She says it seems almost silly in respect, but it was like getting her ass smacked by a drunk bar patron or rowdy frat boy at a party. Both terrifying and infuriating at once. She shrieked and her sisters all but hoisted her up and out of the vault. Fuck this shit. Jeez. So when they got back to the hostel, she checked her bum in the mirror and saw no bruising or hand mark, but she did take a hot shower and scrubbed her scalp raw. And that, she says, is how she got sexually harassed by a shitty Jeez. ghost, Mr. Boots, or the Watcher, hell. as he's sometimes called, is apparently one of the most pernicious spirits haunting the Edinburgh vaults. He allegedly murdered a woman and kept her body in the vaults at some point. It's said that he preys primarily on women in their 20s and has a special fondness for blondes, or as Becca points out, 25-year-olds with blonde highlights. And she finishes by saying that she's not going to say she believes in ghosts now, but she also can't deny that something funky happened down in those vaults. Fuck. It's a lot that I hate about this. Yep. And I'll be honest, all of it has got to do with Mr. Boots. Yeah, Yeah, he's a pig. He's a pig of a man. He's a piece of shit. Actually, you know what? Fuck you, Mr. Boots, you horny piece of shit. Go have a wank. (laughs) Go have a ghost wank, you cunt. Go have a ghost wank. Fuck off. How how annoying is it that some prick when he was alive just becomes a prick when he's dead? Like, just fuck off and die. (laughs) Like, man. Yeah. Oh, shouldn't even give him the time of day. No. They need to lock the door to that thing. Yeah. yeah, shouldn't give him a nickname. They should give him a nickname, but don't give him a cool nickname. Yeah. Right? Don't call him Mister Boots or the Watcher. Call him Oh, that's old Fucko McGee. He's a big <laughs> fucker. And then he's then then the ghost feels bad. And at first, you know, he might lash out a bit, but you keep calling him Fucko McGee. <laughs> You'll wear him down, yeah. I actually quite like that. And then when you go into the vault, you just hear soft crying and someone going, It's not fucko! <laughs> oh, don't worry about him. That's just fucko McGee. He's just having a cry and a wag in the corner. <laughs> I told you, that's not my name! <laughs> oh. uh, don't, don't go on haunted tours underground. Oh. That's just... Nothing good can happen. Again, like we're talking about like the history of these towns. Like they literally built down into the ground. Like that's that's just a haunted thing to do from the get-go. Yeah. Europe's no good. Also like, um, so I, I've been to Edinburgh and one of the facts that I remember was that basically uh, their, their graveyards, the same thing. They, they obviously only had so much space in their city because they had this wall around it. And so they would just put more dirt on top of the graves and build it higher and higher and higher. And so some of the highest points in the city are the grave sites because they've got, like, layers and layers of dead bodies underneath just piled all on top of each other. <sighs> See, it, that's... it's Yeah, it's fucked. It's no There's good. There's a terrifying cemetery there, too. The Bobby Black, whatever it's called, mm. that one. Yeah, nah, fuck. Fuck fuck Europe. Fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. I was in a... I, I went to... um When I was in Romania, I went... I was in a... We were in Transylvania and I was in a... Mm. 
for some reason we were in a graveyard. And, You're looking for um, Dracula. That's fine. We get that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you can admit and, to that. Um, and suddenly, for the first time on the trip, I just I heard like wild wild wolves or wild dogs or something start barking, yeah. and it just reminded me of like this story that some someone told me at a bar once. Someone who'd been to Romania. And she had like all these scars on her body, and we'd asked her what happened, and she said that when she was in Romania, there was wild dogs, and they go straight oh. for the throat, and she got in, like oh a fight God. with dogs, and so she goes, "If you're ever there and you hear them howling, just like get the fuck out of there." And for, like I'm in a cemetery, and I start hearing them howling. Sean, how have I not heard this story from you before? That's insane. Because, well, because nothing came of it. Like I, right. we didn't see any, but like suddenly I just remembered that story, and I'm like, "Why are we Ooh. here? Why am I? Why?" <laughs> What the hell? That's bad. Yeah, it's Tom. You're funny. You mentioned Dracula, and I was I was in that town, and that was like the birthplace of Dracula. So mm. you can go. There's like a hotel bar there, which is like the house that Vlad grew up in. And you go upstairs, and it's like Vlad's bedroom. And then they don't tell you what's going to be up there. And then suddenly you realise that you're not alone up there. There's someone else up there. There's a coffin in the middle of the room, <laughs> and it's the, they want it to be scary, but it's yeah. not. It's an it's a horrible actor dressed up as Dracula <laughs> and as you walk closer to the coffin suddenly his like eyes come open it's like some, it's like a scene from what we do in the shadows right. yeah. he just suddenly goes he goes ah, and opens his eyes yeah. and he's supposed to be like scared and then he wants you to take a picture but no we didn't I, <laughs> we put our we put our cameras away because as soon as you take a picture then he wants money and yeah, 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 yeah. it was not scary so yeah Europe's been okay for me. <laughs> I will not go to this haunted place. No. To, what, what are we calling Tom? Fuckface McGee down there. Slap <laughs> Yeah, fucko McGee. Yeah, fucko McGee. <laughs> Look, dude, we should probably call it a night, but thank you very much to everyone who wrote in. We do appreciate uh, you writing to us. Um, and we also do have a few more stories from some other people. So if you didn't hear your story get told yet, uh, it very well may be done on the next one. And on that, if anyone else has other stories they want to send through, please do so by sending them to threescaredboys at gmail.com. And Kanye, I did want to ask, a few people have, have asked us about Crawling Man. Yep. Are we likely to get another update on Crawling Man in the future? I'll, I'll, I'll get an update for Scaredy Stories version three. Okay. I, I will have that. I'll find out what's happening with Crawling Man. Um, yeah, I hope he's well. I hope he's well. And far away from all of us. <laughs> Stay far away, buddy. We don't want to be your friend. I'm Definitely sorry. Definitely not. That is all the scary talk we have for this episode. I've been David. I've been Sean. I've been Tom. And as I mentioned, you can send us an email or you can find us on Twitter at Boys or individually. I'm Amit Day Pajamas. I'm at Carney from 55. I'm at Awkward Trade. Stay scared, everyone. Stay scared, everyone.